<laughs> Welcome to Slacker Studio, a podcast all about the things we do when we're slacking. We'll be chatting about a variety of things such as gaming, movies and tech news, but today we're going to focus more on the news side of things and really dive into things. Which makes no sense, but it will do in time. Uh, I'm Jack. And I'm Ed. That, so, that's, uh, so much for yeah, freestyling. It'll, it'll make sense. It's fine. You'll get it as we go along. <laughs> We're slightly changing it up and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like it. It's exciting. Um, so, the beer of the show today, because I'm in the West Country, I decided that I'd get myself a nice bottle of Tribute by St. Austell Brewery. Mm. No, you're not that West Country. No, I'm not. It's Bristol. It's not too bad. Um, so, would you... Oh, actually, do you want me to read them out? Would you like... Yeah, do it. Do sure. it. Sure. So, <clears throat> I picked this up because I was like, if I'm sort of, you know, West of the country, I might as well pick up a West Country beer and do it. It's one of the first ones since I've been here. Um, so, born and brewed in Cornwall. Knowledge, innovation, St. Austell Brewery. Tribute is a Cornish pale ale of five, no, sorry, 4.2% volume, and it's an independent family brewer. On the back, it says, pale amber in colour, Tribute is a Moorishly drinkable beer with delicious full-bodied malt flavours and citrus aroma. I like the sound of that. Um, brewed using Cornish spring water, Cornish gold and Maris otter malts, and a blend of aromatic hops. And it's got a load of, um, they've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a website, which is uh, tributeale.co.uk. All right, yeah. You yeah. see, uh, I've had this several times before, but not for a while, and I think you're the same, mm. right? Yeah, I haven't had this in a while, so much so that I forgot 2.1 units per bottle, um, 4.2 volume, but yeah, I haven't cool. had this since I was last in uh in the west country when we went to plymouth and it was with the family and i got really really drunk and ended up doing karaoke when no everyone had gone to london to watch take that and i ended up getting drunk with the locals and doing karaoke and i can't remember any of this but they all remember it um that was also what? the first day i had captain morgan's rum so that kind oh, really? of that, okay. that speaks itself it wasn't yep. just tribute it was a lot of things yeah yeah <laughs> funny i i had a lot of rum Morgan's run when I was in Cornwall and that vicinity, yeah. Feels right, man. Piratey, man. Pirate country. Right, should we crack these open? Yes, because I am parched and I really, really want to have some of this beer. There we go. Uh, Now, is it smoky? No, I got no smoke whatsoever from that. Mine is slowly, slowly smoking, but not much. I mean, yours is probably a bit colder than mine because I only picked mine up like a couple of hours ago. Yeah, which for like any ale big aficionado out there i understand that it's usually heresy to have a cold ale but sometimes it can be quite nice is it though I, i'm never I sure know. loads of people always say otherwise but i'm actually not knowledgeable enough to kind of say other when but in any case i just wanted a chilled beer and tribute ale last time i had it was cold it was actually quite nice i don't mm. actually have a glass which is a bit annoying um it's downstairs Did you need to like up your gla- glass game because it was the I same know. last week i know i know you're right i need to do that um I think I might have a glass downstairs, but I was using it as a measuring unit for like <laughs> milk instead of a jug, because I was like, well, half a pint's 200 millilitres, 300 millilitres, one of the yeah. same, halfway in between. Anyway. I'm, I'm just trying to see whether it says about whether to keep it cold or not. I, I, I can't see anything. This doesn't say anything. No. Oh, well, yeah. bugger well, it. Well, if, if anybody right. knows what the actual answer is, tell us, but hmm. we don't know. All right, so we got. So before I have a sip, we've got a beer rating out of five. Five is, it's amazing. One is, I don't like this. So three is a good, solid, average number. All right, cheers. Cheers. Clink. 
I didn't clink at all. Ooh. Num. Mm. Yeah, this is good. This that's is a, as good as right. I remember it. Mm. It's um, It's got a lot of character to it. Like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I'm definitely getting that aroma and that citrusiness, weirdly enough. I'm definitely getting a full bang of citrus, and I don't know whether it's because I'm having out the bottle. I don't know if that makes any difference, but it tastes kind of, It reminds me of, like, Earl Grey, and I love Earl Grey. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I definitely can get the citrusy stuff as well, so I, I don't know. I think that's it does what it says on the tin. I, li I like it. I don't... Mm. It's not often I have, like, a classic ale thing, but it's a pale ale, so that's kind of more in my my kind of comfort zone. I wouldn't mind that warm, if that makes sense. Like, I wouldn't mind yeah. that on a uh, on a summer's day. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame it's, like, freezing at the moment. <laughs> I think, but I think as we drink through it, it's great that we have a uh, retail later on when it might have warmed up a bit. I'm not gonna, mm. I'm not gonna steamroll through this, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's quite hard not to steamroll through it. It's quite tasty. Mm. Off the bat, I'd like to give this a 3.5, if not a four. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm definitely happy with that as well. Um, uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes, but I, I'm happy with three and a half, four. I've already got past the Saint Austell lettering. Yeah, well, I'm. I don't know. I have got past the mustache <laughs> on my pine glass. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. I forgot about the mustache. The mustached Ed glass. Yeah, his, yeah. His, his glassware game is a lot better than mine. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will grab a quicker picture of the uh, beer. Now, it can't actually focus <laughs> on the glass. That's There we go. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get on with the show then. Yeah, How has your week been? It's been all right. <clears throat> Apart from like it, you know, being down in Bristol, doing a lot of 3D work and really getting my head down into it um, on my time off uh, from that. I've, you know, I watched uh, I watched a new film. Well, it's not a new film actually anymore, but it was a film called Silence by Martin Scorsese, um, which was, as I put in the show notes, quite harrowing. Um, it was about two. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing they were Jesuit missionary priests that have gone out to Japan when <clears throat> there was a time during Japan's history where they felt like Christianity was a threat. So they banned, and also especially like gunpowder coming into the country and foreigners, They, the, um, the shogun at the time, I think Tokugawa Yesu or whoever it was, decided, nope, we're not going to have any foreigners here and especially not their religion, Christianity. So they completely and utterly shut it down. And so what happened is a lot of the Christians in Japan were living in fear and to the point of death or conversion. Um, so it's about these two guys going to Japan, see if they can bolster the friend, the, uh, the Japanese community um, and see if they can not necessarily change it, but see what's going on and try and find one of their spiritual fathers. And um, it's really harrowing about how, you know, uh, as you can guess, uh, at some point they get captured, but it's also t explaining about kind of martyrs of the church. And it's a very different film for Martin Scorsese to do because I'm so used to like, oh, what's that boxing film? Oh, so famous, Raging Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, normal Martin Scorsese film, it felt like such a mature prose and every character felt a lot more fleshed out. And there was a lot of the ridiculous, but there was also a lot of, you could find uh, in both sides, there was like mercy, there's fragility. And then there was this kind of arrogance and ego. And I think, you know, all the way through it, I watched it. It was a long film. Um, I watched it in two sittings, but it was amazing. Well, who's the guy that played uh, Spider-Man? Um, not, not this Spider-Man. Yeah. 
I know. I, the thing is, I've been thinking, sat here thinking the whole time, I know who the actors are, but I can't remember their names yeah. because it's Kylo Ren and Spider-Man. Yeah, that's exactly right? it. That's <laughs> exactly it. So it's Adam Driver and Andy. One. Is it Andy or Andrew? Uh, Garfield, Andrew Garfield. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and they both work so well. Adam Driver actually gives a really nice performance because you see this guy who... Yeah, no, they they both got quite dynamic ranges. They both seem to be knowledgeable in their faith, going over there to try and find Father Ferreira and Ed. Yeah, just, I, it was so nicely done, and it was one of those films that doesn't make you. You don't have to be overly intelligent to know what's going on in the film or to get it, but it doesn't give loads away either. If you know the history, it's fantastic. If you don't know mm. the history, that's fine. So overall, yeah, Silence is a harrowing film, but I actually really enjoyed it. It's one of those ones that we actually never got around to seeing at the cinema either. Um, it was on, on the list, but at the same time, I knew it wasn't going to be an easy watch and I was mm. slightly reluctant to go see it, but I, I it it's on the list. It's yeah. on the list. It's I'd, I'd watch it for the storytelling and how it's done and the mm. cinematography and the placement and the actual, how they, the, the set building is incredible. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I'd, I'd give that, for me personally, I'd give that a four out of five, if not for wow, the okay. story and not necessarily for a rewatchability, for the fact that it was so, it felt like such a masterful working of Martin Scorsese. And it did, it does have its moments where it drags out, it could be a bit boring, but for the most part, you're gripped into this main character's turmoil and his turning of faith and does he save these people by apostatizing and all this extra stuff and yeah there is religious mumbo jumbo in it but you don't have to be it, it's not in your face in terms of saying like it's a good thing or it's a bad thing it's it's representing it in its place and in its space in that time in japan's history so i thought it was fantastic i thought i shall definitely Scott move it further up the list then yeah do um other than that i've been uh tanking on my dark iron i said last time that i'd got my dark iron up and running he was a shaman then i made him a warrior mm. um and yeah i guess i had a few issues where i guess tanking wasn't my thing for a while everyone was expecting me to know dungeons and that is true and i hadn't thought about it before because my entire time i'd been like a healer or a dps wistfully kind of milling through the dungeon not yeah. knowing anything not needing to know anything because the tank knows everything and then suddenly you're in a position where you need to know all of these like i had to i literally had to study die them all when i unlocked it because i knew i'd be running <laughs> it and that's ridiculous and so naturally i listened to ali's podcast and actually like went through a map and it helped me right but yeah it, it, it was nuts like sitting there and thinking to myself i actually have to research this fucking dungeon in order to actually play this game and i just want to like trample through it and get to end game but it was nice and also quite tough so it's like I do want to be a lazy git, go fury. It will take ages longer to actually find a dungeon that way. But yeah, I, th I think the other thing was is the social side of it. So I was having a few issues where because of how BFA's kind of gone its route, I know a lot of my friends have stopped playing because they found it boring and everyone's got their thing with it. I, I'm enjoying it in its own way at the moment and that's all I need to say on the subject. But there are some people that it is now a single player game. Um, so someone the other day I said hey guys how's it going and uh, I said hey don't worry about it we'll make sure that we get your quest and then somebody else came up to me and said can you shut up this isn't a social game if I want social I'll talk in my guild this is a party we're just running a dungeon and I was like hang on a second that's not that's not no, what this game's that's about that's fucking ridiculous that makes no sense to me why would you play a multiplayer game and then tell someone to shut up because it so he doesn't compute and I was yeah, sorry so for using the chat features yeah yeah sorry for using the chat sorry for being a human being and trying to reach out like i have nothing against that person in particular 
but it baffled me and it kind of took me a step back. And then in the same sitting, I did another instance where, excuse me for the flowery language, but someone was like, can you go fuck yourself, get cancer and die? You're not running this fast enough. And I was like, wow. What? Why? And that was from a hunter who was pulling everything so I couldn't pull it um, yeah. in Stratholm. And you had to, we had to like do this, you had to go to this letterbox and then this NPC spawns, you have to kill the NPC and then you get this tobacco for one of the quests. Yeah. And he got really angry at me and just started pulling shit. And then eventually we all kicked him, which was nice. That's good. That's definitely, at least you guys like stuck together and realized he was yeah. a fucking asshat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's other times where you get grouped with two or three people all in the same realm and they'll kick you after being horrible, after being horrible dicks to you. And I had that once as well at that last week. I've, I've been kicked this is as ridic- tank. Like, yeah. That's ridiculous. That's what yeah, I was yeah. going to ask. Were you tanked at that point? Because they generally have to wait around. Yeah. And that was the thing. So when we kicked the ass hat, he was generally being an ass hat. The second time round, they kept on putting things. Hey, can you guys slow down a bit? I know that you're eager to, but the healer's clearly out of mana. I keep on dying because they're not take, they're not spending time with me. They're spending time healing you guys. Just mm. let, just let me do the pulls. Let me do the focus. I'll run it as fast as I can. I even got a, I even talented into my jumping ability, which gives you a little yeah. bit extra sprint at the end of it. So I could go faster for those people. And they just said, you're trash and kicked me. And it's like, well, I'm not trash. I'm doing my best. Why are you being so horrible? This is not even end. It's not like we're doing mythics. No, no, no. It's just oh, like leveling man. dungeons, man. Are you yeah. uh, full heirlooms? Yeah, full heirlooms, full really? tank, full tank heirlooms. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I just think that people are very agitated and don't want to, they don't want to level at the moment. Maybe mm. they're just a bit aggravated or maybe they're just having a bad day. I don't know. And if I was doing something wrong, I genuinely ask people, what have I done wrong? Let me, let me get better at it. I want to improve and something I don't know. And that, there's an excitement in that as well because you're learning something new on a game that you've been playing forever. Yeah. And that yeah, is yeah, nice. Absolutely. That is exciting. Um, so I guess I want to go back to Fury for a while, but I also want to continue tanking it inter- intermittently whilst I'm leveling because gear doesn't matter. I've got the heirlooms for both. Um, mm. I think what I what I hoped to seek, though, was I realized that I didn't want to get stuck. Uh, I kind of ranted a little bit on our Discord and some were saying, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, find a guild, find that community where people are like that because if you keep on just joining randoms they're going to treat you like you're no one because they they're never going to get to know you and in that sphere they don't want to get to know you which is an interesting thought in itself it's like yeah distancing. i think it's going to be interesting to see where you end up with the whole guild thing because currently you are in a guild but it's kind of dead right well, i left it but i spoke to the guild master and I spoke to all the people and they're like yep yeah, um most of the raiders have gone to other guilds because some raid, most of the raiders left because they found BFA boring. Um, some people moved to another guild so they could raid that were more active. And the main guild, there's a few people I talk to, but mostly they're not online. So I was kind of like, I, I wanted that platform where I could come on every night. And even if no one's really doing anything, but there's a social platform there, I can do that. Whereas sometimes if you join a very heavily raiding guild, the only social hours are when they raid. And unless you're in the raid team, you don't really talk to anyone because as soon as they're done raiding, they go off. Yeah, that's that's kind of how my uh, my guild is. I mean, there's a little bit of social aspect at the moment, but generally it's people log in for the raid. And you know what? I don't really care at the moment. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I get it. I, I'm happy to kind of get in the game, do the things I want to do, disappear, 
and that'd I, be it. Yeah, I, I just want to find. I want to find ideally a PvP guild because I always wanted to do more arena, but mm. you have to be like a ridiculously high rating to get into a random arena team, and it's the same with raid. You need to be like three eighty gear level in order to get into a normal raid. It's yeah. over the top. And so yeah. I can't really do that unless I join a guild of people or if I manage to jump into Mythics, I can over a few weeks gain enough gear to then jump into randoms. But I shouldn't have to at that higher level. I should be going straight into Heroics or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Or maybe I, I not. Mean, I don't know yet. I'm, <laughs> I don't know the gear levels enough. No, neither do I. That's, that's the thing. I'm actually still trying to figure that out myself because like, I knew how it worked by the end of Legion. Like We were playing that for so long that you knew what you needed to be or not. For, yeah. for whatever it, what content you were doing now i'm kind of stuck really like slowly creeping up the eye levels because i'm not doing much of anything really yeah. i'm kind of in in limbo for the next thing to do with flying on my main so that's why i've kind of like jumped out to start playing my druid again and finally leveling something else it'll be it'll be soul crushing if you don't do something else and that's why i'm kind of like intermittently pvping on my rogue and then dark ironing so i can give the dark iron a bit of time to do some rested xp and i could do something fun in the meantime i've still got sub i might as well use it yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i'm so what about you how's your week been yeah it's been good uh we watched a lot of tv actually um and that's i said a lot of tv it's mostly blowing through all 13 and a bit hours of the punisher um, gosh so season Oof. two of the punisher was so so good um it's part of the kind of defenders marvel netflix stuff that is probably no more to be honest like it's it's likely to be cancelled any day now like literally any second uh, everything else is gone um the only other one that's still outstanding is jessica jones but that's because it's got another series that's basically finished and will be released any any month now um which is a shame i really enjoyed the punisher it was just really really good all 13 episodes were fantastic and that's so, it there's no more or is there going to be another one i i would be astounded if there's any more they've cancelled all the other ones so why would they keep this that's true and and actually kind of on the same vein we started watching the last season of daredevil which is the most successful of the kind of marvel netflix shows which also got cancelled now this is actually kind of like before punisher but we kind of just never got around to watching it and it's pretty good like it's 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 fine but it's a bit slow i mean we're only a couple of episodes in so he's kind of like and daredevil got pretty messed up at the end of the last time we saw him so he's kind of like trying to figure shit out after that <laughs> so but it's good it's good fun um the only other thing I've been watching is Star Trek Discovery. Now, cool. something funny happened <clears throat> because season two of that came out like a week ago. We're on, I think, episode two of season two came out on this Friday, just gone. And I went to go watch it a couple of weeks ago when the first episode came out. And I was like, ah, oh, cool. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> and it turns out I was still two episodes behind in season one. Oh. And I hadn't realized. I don't, I don't know how that ended up happening that i missed the last two episodes of season one so i'm actually tonight i've just finished season one and now i get to go on to season two so i, I don't know what happened there but i'm i'm a bit behind i've got like another two episodes to go that's amazing it was just ridiculous i was like wait what's wait, going hang on, on here? what because <laughs> when netflix was like play next episode and it's like season one episode 15 i was like what Burr. 
I just can't remember what happened. Like I could have sworn I finished everything, but clearly not. <laughs> so so that was interesting. Um, but the other thing I've also been doing is playing quite a bit more Overwatch. Um, That's wicked. Because it's the Chinese New Year celebration event thing in it's Overwatch as well. CTF. It's so much fun. I love like the Busan capture the flag map I'm or whatever. I'm so it is. bad at it. Really, I I'm I, terrible. <laughs> I can't say I'm fantastic, I like but it, I do though. pretty well. Like especially is is it Ash or Ashy? I can never remember. Ash is great fun. Yeah, Ash. I just. I've not actually connected with the character so much in their playstyle before with with Overwatch. Like it's always been, I've been passable, like, and it's all fine. Like Bastion's great, that's fine, and pretty much anyone can play Mercy, but you got to be good to play her well. But this, it's just so much fun. It just that's, like I'm so glad that you're enjoying Ash. She's my favorite. I want to get her my next gold weapon. Yeah, and she's and so good. Bob ends up gold as well. Yeah, he does. It's so awesome. Yeah, she's such a fun character. I love playing her in like quick play. If I if I'm going to roll anything DPS wise, it's usually Junkrat or Ash, straight yeah. off the bat. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the thing is, in, in in Capture the Flag, you can kind of get away with a non traditional team comp because you end up with more DPS, and that's yeah. fine. Which means it doesn't matter that I'm not tanking or healing like I normally do because, because nobody else does in quick play or whatever else. Um, <laughs> But it's just fun. Like her, her kit is so, like, fun. It's just, it's just really versatile as well. I think, like, just the, the sheer rapid fire of just the the non scoped weapon is is insane. Oh, I burn down shields with it. Like sometimes as a DPS, I'm like, okay, so we've got an Arissa and a Reinhardt. I'm just gonna use my bullets to burn down the shield, and then we'll get Morgan in as Roadhog, and he'll just crunch things up because that's and then what he does. Set and them then, on fire, and then set them on fire. And what's what's really great is I used to play a lot of Demo Man, hence my Junkrat skills, and Scout in TF2. I did a bit mm. of Scout, but Scout had this knockback with one of your guns, and it was literally a double shotgun, exactly like she has. Where loads of people always doing this comparison between Ash and Scout, it's so real, and. I ended up installing TF2 and doing a few rounds as scouts so I could get back into the idea of understanding how that knockback works. It mm. doesn't it, it actually does happen with the shotgun, sorry. So I started using it to get onto higher platforms or if somebody gets closer, what I did the other day was I saw a um I saw a Genji jump up at me. He jumped over the thing. I shot him with two shots and I was like, "Well, he's going to appear behind me, but I might not have the right shot for him." He char- he charged through me. I did a 180 and just shot his head off with a shotgun immediately. <laughs> Boot me back. Uh, and I felt amazing because I just like one-shotted him with this shotgun. I don't know how much damage it actually does on its own, but it no, was enough to kill this guy. That's that's what I wonder because I, I've I've used it for various like it gets me out of jail. Like I'm I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Get you out of that. It's helped me out of maze ult, which is yes, huge. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also I've managed to boop a couple of people off the edge of the map in Busan. <laughs> that, that's I've perfect. not done that yet. Especially Mora. That's always fine. <laughs> I've and not done then, that. It's just, it is handy for kind of just getting that slight step back to then just unload your weapon on them. <laughs> like so just, cool. And, it's just so handy. And the feeling and the sound of it when you're scoped in, you just go, bow, bow, yeah. bow. Yeah, 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 when yeah. someone dies, you're just like, yes, this feels so great. And then you just like, just chuck in a load of dynamite. What I tend to do is if you chuck the dynamite and don't move your mouse and you hit left click, mm. you, you usually are locked onto it anyway. Oh really? Okay. So so I found that's easier for me to actually explode it if they're close range. The other thing I tend to do 
is what I call the um, the Reinhardt killer. Was if there's like a Reaper on my team, we'll charge Reinhardt. I'll chuck it right at his feet and then shotgun myself up. It does hit you. But you can also yeah. get as you can also use it as a get out of jail free card, in, just in case like. You chuck it on the floor, he's going to immediately want to charge, but by the time you've hit yourself out, he's already charging, but he's also on fire, so... Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's like... I'm, the other thing I'm actually surprised about is how many people tend to ignore it and then die because they yeah. ignored it. I've, so, I, yeah. Like, you can get away with just throwing it in and seeing what happens. Especially if they're all squishies and you chuck it in yeah. and they're all mobbed up together and you just see it tick. You don't even need to be there, but you just see it yep. on the little crosshairs on your screen and you just see your alt bar goes up. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's just a lot of fun. Um, also, it's kind of it. But... I, th I think the last thing I'll touch on before we move on mm. with Ash stuff is I've got a mini game and I implore anyone out there that does play Ash to do this. And this is cool. This is what makes me laugh. If Even if I'm having a bad game, I call it Duck Hunt, which is right. when you have your ultimate as Bob, Bob does this thing and you can get an achievement for this. But when you use Bob, uh, say there's an Anna straight front line and she's not slept him. Bob will smack her up in the air before firing mm. at everyone. So whoever he hits on his trajectory to where he ends up, he smacks them in the air. So um, what you do is if you shoot them in the air, um, when Bob boops them up, you get an achievement. Which oh, really? I, and yeah, you do. So it's like he knocks him up, you shoot them out the air. But I call it duck hunt. So I'd say, so even if I'm having a shit game and I'm going to lose, if I get a duck hunt kill, it's a win. That like, sounds so fantastic. I, I'm going to have to try that. But... The, the thing is, when you're about to, when you're going, Bob, get in there, you have to go, bang, 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 bang. And, you, and if you get the kill whilst you're quacking, fantastic, duck hunt. And do I it. think that's something that needs to be captured in video and audio. I, I need to do that. I do need to do that. Even if I dub it over. <laughs> sorry, and onto the actual main show. I'm sorry, I've gone on for ages. No, no, it's perfect. We've, uh, <laughs> we've got to get used to kind of condensing our weeks into like, 15 20 minutes rather than like the two hours it normally is yeah true so we don't have any bumpers or anything yet it's something we'll probably end up doing but let's move on to this week in gaming news yeah so this is going to be mostly a uh uh the rest of this usually to be kind of like news based but mm. we think they're important because we we actually have like a wow bot in our discord now that helps us with updates for blizzard stuff especially yeah absolutely i found that really handy i mean People can mute that if they want to. Um, I, I just find it interesting because there's a lot of stuff I miss. It goes off a lot more regularly than you'd expect. Yeah, I always get like, I always think it's you messaging me with some like funny little gif, but it's actually them like, oh, oh that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And our first news story is actually Blizzard related. Mm, go ahead. So Blizzard hires Cyberpunk... Blizzard hires Cyberpunk 2077 creative director. Now, this is from uh, Den of Geek, and I'm curious as to what this means for Cyberpunk 2070. 2077, there we yes. go. Yes, which is that awesome game that you were telling me about not so long ago. Yes, and I'm very excited about that game, and this it, it is all kind of very vague. Basically, nobody knows what it means for Cyberpunk, and nobody knows what it means for Blizzard. Oh, because he doesn't have a public job title or team yet so we don't know what he's doing but basically he he helped kind of build and design the whole Zyopunk 2077 2077 yeah and 
But theoretically, at this point in time, his job there is done anyway. So we're not kind of hopefully it's it's not a bad move for them. Yeah, because that would suck, really, let's face it. But we'll see. I think it's something to keep an eye on because it's clear Blizzard has stuff going on. Yeah, like I mean, they definitely got new stuff coming. Well, I looked at their careers thing the other day because I was like, I wonder what their criteria is for 3D animator or 3D modeler, just for the sake of. Mm. And they were saying like new Diablo stuff. That's a giveaway people never think about. If you want to learn something about um, a gaming company, look up their careers section because they'll be hiring people for new games. So they won't say exactly what it is, but they'll say like new Diablo IP. Now, in this case, that Diablo IP could just be the mobile version, right? Possibly, but again, but, isn't that done? And that's what I'm saying. If it's done and they're putting out jobs for a new Diablo thing, that must be that after BlizzCon they're like, oh shit, we shit the bed. Let's get in people and let's work on the new Diablo. So just um, this is me, me just whistleblowing and not whistleblowing, just pulling shit out of my ass. But yeah, uh, always do that. Always have a look because you can find interesting things. Like they, they, put, they used to put when they were working on Titan, which became Overwatch with the yeah. unused assets, they said hiring for undescribed MMO. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, what the hell is that? And why is no one talking about it? Of course, everyone right. had been talking about it, but minorly. But I was like, but it's in the works because they're hiring for it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's definitely a good way to keep an eye on the behind the scenes without kind of... It's never quite clear, but yeah. it gives you something. Hmm. But um, talking of uh, Overwatch and Titan, now, the, the we've mentioned this already as well, the kind of the lunar event. Now, it's the year of the pig, and that means we've got a whole load of lunar skins in Overwatch. There's eight skins, which actually means there's not one for every character, which I hadn't realized before. No. Um, so a lot of Orissa fans were very upset because there hasn't been a skin for her in ages, neither was there one for... Tracer and I think mm. Moira's been left out apart from she got that sick banshee skin which I got yeah. at Halloween and that's great um, but there are a few ones where they don't have it however what they have been doing for these Luna skins is they've been trying to bring in like some sort of Asian influence be it Korean Mm. like the towel skin for Anna or she even has this thing where she chucks a load of sticks up in the air as one of their emotes and apparently that's a game in Korea um, oh right okay or you know there's a lot of um, a lot of Han Dynasty stuff going on uh, a lot of Chinese ancient history stuff mm. which I didn't know about like Lu Jiang or something like that for the Zenyatta I've already bought the new Zenyatta skin I wanted it immediately yeah, it looks yeah, amazing yeah. but please tell us about tell us about um, your your thoughts on the skins so the Reinhardt one looks insane. Like the whole crazy, like the way his hair is, like the long so hair, cool. long beard. And it, he's almost unrecognizable as Reinhardt. And like I love the fact. If it wasn't for the hammer. Uh, and, the, and the milky eye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he just looks fantastic. I might even load it up now so I can have a look. Um, but... Do you know what the other thing I love about it is that instead of a hammer, and this is why I still haven't got it, but I want the axe skin, is that he has a glaive instead of a hammer. And I think that's genius for all Reinhardt things. It doesn't have to be a hammer. He can have other weapons like oh, two Oh, really? Okay, I have so seen cool. that. Which is the oh, thing. So like, so like Stoneheart, um, Reinhardt, the Christmas one with the little bow ties, they yeah. all have the hammer. But then you've got the one with which, which is like more iron plated. He's got like an axe. And in this one, he's got like a Chinese glaive. And it looks so cool. Like, you know, the sort of ones that the Mogu have in uh, WoW. Yeah. yeah or yeah, just yeah. anyone who knows classic loading up um, Overwatch now so I can have a look at it. But, but the, the Orisa skin... I ended up getting in the free box that you get. Amazing! I didn't get anything. 
Oh, really? No, not a bloody and thing. It is fantastic. I immediately equipped it. And I already had like a quite, Morgan quite did a the nice same. one. Um, and it's, it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. It I've honestly got like does. a handful of skins for Arisa, but this one is That's, this that's is a, Korean, really nice. uh, a Korean lion, I think. Okay, okay. It's As in like just one of their dance things. Pretty damn awesome. Now let's but have a look at the Reinhardt one. That weapon, though. Yeah. All right, skins. I am currently the Lieutenant Wilhelm. Um, <laughs> where is it? Where is it? I like the uh, on Zenyatta's one. I like the fact that he's kind of got like the little uh, the little sticks in his hair and his orbs. You've actually got more of the orb instead of the metal. It just looks yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So wow, it's like wow, that pole arm. Do you know what I mean? How cool is that? Holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you want that skin just because you know that it will be wicked to charge in and just glaive people to death. Yes. It's the same with the orbs. Like, you can see the orbs and you can use them and that's why my biggest struggle will be do I get a golden weapon for Ash next or do I get it for Zen because I've been playing a lot of Zenyata recently and his skins are always cool. Yeah, they're they're always really interesting. I think I've got the um, the skull one as well, which is always cool. I got the cultist one, and it's still my favourite because it changed his voice lines, and it's so wicked. Yeah, I've got the is it the din dinyata gin din, gin. Yeah, we go. That one's cool. That's I don't know when I got that hmm. one, but that's what I've got currently equipped. And I see it. So it's like Overwatch has become beard beard central. Reinhardt got a beard. Yeah. Uh, Hanzo got a beard. Uh, Torbjorn got the beard. Yeah, they're just fantastic. I, I definitely, if you haven't checked them out already, go have a look because they are really damn cool. They are cool on it. They're like all the all the. I mean, the one that Ed's talking about, the Arisa one, is not actually a legendary. It's an epic. So even if you don't have a grand amount of coinage, yeah. you can still get that. You can still in, in, indulge your skin fun. Yeah, which I mean, I, sound very I nice, does it? indulged. Sorry. Yeah, let's not talk about that <laughs> skin um, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I indulged into I can't even remember which skin it is for Ash, but it was something I just bought one because you know it's like like she's fairly new. I haven't been playing much, and so I had nothing unlocked for her. So I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll just buy one." Uh, yeah. So it's, which one did whatever you get? Purple. I'm, I'm just going to see what it's called. But I, I um, got Thorn and I got Safari because Safari gives Bob a pith helmet and British Empire Nigel Thornberry pith helmets, and also she's hot. Yeah. She looks like Lara Croft and. Uh, so I was yeah. like, yeah, I've got to get Safari Ash. I got the Thorn one. Dad Ash. Because yeah. <laughs> that purpley pink colour, it just looks fucking cool, man. It is cool. Also reminds me of Thorn, so, you know. Yeah, right. Anyway. Uh, moving on. Next, uh, next story is, as I exit Overwatch, we have uh, Blizzard considering up to 50 characters per realm from That's the latest Q&A with Ian Hazakosis, which I think is pretty cool. What do you reckon? Does that mean that's only 50 per realm, but per account? Or is it going to be 50 per realm? Like, no cap on account, just a cap per server? Because that's you know, nuts. I, I think there's still an account-wide character limit, but I can't remember what that is. Because, like, yeah, I mean, it should be... If they're going to put it 50 per realm, maybe they'll bump it up to 100 or some crap. Or at least enough so you can have one or two of each class on each realm. Because I know that there's a few of those interesting people out there who... I know there's one guy on Reddit who's already got, like, 10 to 11 level 120 warriors, all different races, up to max level, all on the yeah. same realm. And it's nuts. And I was like, well, how how is that going to factor? So it's an interesting idea. Well, apparently... According to Wikipedia, the current number of characters you can have per account is 50. It's 50. Yeah, yeah. 
because I got raised for that and I didn't want to delete some of my old ones even though I'm never going to use them again they're like a time right. capsule I didn't yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. rid of it like, especially if you got some from like the first expansion you played there's some stuff you can't get anymore yeah well I, I got two level 10s both who had that um, competitors tabard because yes. I wanted to have them on two on yeah two characters so like when I started out before I even landed on my mage and played my mage extensively I played other classes just so I could get these stupid bloody tabards which now yeah. is faction wide and, and, and if you've got it once you can use it for all your characters now I mean things were different back then so we'll see I think this is good. Um, I th- uh, Renata over on World of Warcast was talking about how it would actually be quite nice to get some free character transfers with this change. Mm. Because she's, I mean, she's got loads of different alts. She, I think she's got like five or six 120s already or something. Um, but I've, I've got characters scattered everywhere because that's just how it was. Like, it makes no sense now. Like, I don't know why they're on different realms. But it, it is. I've got, I've got my rogues on Draenor, my priests on Sylvanas, and my dark irons on Airy Peak. And Airy Peak is blinked with bronze beard, but there's so many like low realm pops. It's like, how are we going to change that? How's that going to be changed? Why don't they just get rid of loads of loads of realms and just make hench one hench realm? I mean, the servers by now should be able to. If if you could get like opening of Ankarage or the you know the gate mm. back way back when on those servers, surely you can do a lot more now, even without having to do instancing. It was barely okay when the gate yeah, to make you open. Barely but... okay. I bet, <laughs> I, bet, I bet it was dying of heat yeah, death. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. It was interesting. Um, I think it's good. I I personally would love some free character transfers, but fine. And apparently, this could be coming very soon. Um, That's nice. As in next patch. Like, Pretty crap. I, I don't know that it's it's kind of not 100% clear but he talks about it in the latest Q&A you can see a kind of a summary of this um over on the Wowhead live blog of the day which is the 24th of January uh the next topic is actually not blizzard related I felt I should probably squeeze something in there that wasn't blizzard related <laughs> um which is Bioware apologizes for Rocky Anthem demo launch and this is from PC Gamer okay so do you do you know what Anthem is have you seen things no okay so think about like kind of how vivid and crazy the art style of destiny 2 is because you played that right yeah yeah so it's it's a similar thing to that do you know i really don't know much about the game it does look interesting but it's one of those ones like destiny 2 that i was leaving alone until it came out because i it's like 60 quid to pre-order and all that and you actually don't know what it's gonna be um, but basically what happened was there was a VIP demo and at this point in time now as we're recording theoretically the demo is open to everybody who pre-ordered um, okay. but effectively there is the demo was live on like PC, Xbox and PS4 I think and obviously like the PS4 and the Xbox One yes. um, and there were things like you got infinite load screens in games when you're transferring between zones it would just get stuck on a loading screen forever and then the this, there was loads of massive input lag so you'd move your mouse and then like 10 seconds later it would move um even people with like the highest end pcs like just were getting horrendous performance like a 1200 pound graphics card barely getting 60 frames a second what yeah, there's there's a whole load of things that it apparently seems to be like developed for console and then ported to the pc yeah so it seems like the pc 
kind of thing is an afterthought. And there's a whole Reddit post about this, which was then addressed by one of the game designers, uh, sorry, the game's lead producer, Ben Irving. And apparently it's all fixed. <laughs> and it was an old build. Like Battlefield Five. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's kind of just a, a very, very early beta test rather than a demo. Yeah. And I think just call it that. Like, say it's the beta rather than, sort of beta, beta, whatever, um, rather than a demo. Because if it's not working, it's not a demo. Yeah. I mean, Minecraft had was probably one of the best betas I ever played because it was just so easy. And that format that they had and the easiness of that then transformed into the real game, which has got so much more shit now, which I have no idea about. But it was genuinely, it didn't feel like it changed much from the beta to the actual game. And because I got the beta when it was out for a low, low price, it was, they just, they let you have the full game for free because you technically already bought the beta um, mm. for a lower price. And they're like, yeah, you thank you for playing the beta. Here's the real thing. I'm like, so what's the difference? Apart from it being commercialized. Um, that was a good beta. But I have mm. also played betas. Like when I played the WoW BFA beta, nothing no there's like a few things which were better but so much stuff was the same even this, i was running into the same bugs real game that i was seeing in the beta it was terrible yeah i mean thankfully a lot of that has been fixed now but yes. there was a lot that wasn't yeah which is crazy yeah um i, I don't know the whole beta testing thing is is very interesting um i think people need to do more testing because Basically, apparently, Bioware was saying that they tested all these things, but it wasn't until people actually used it that they experienced problems. Ah, because just, okay. So you can test it with your five in-house developers or whatever. I mean, I know there's more than five people, but then throw a thousand people at it. It's, it's going to be different. And I guess that's the point of testing, but I'd be curious to see how it goes. It's something I would like to check out. It's a big kind of open world game um, set in the future. You're kind of it's a little bit space marine actually looking at it. Cool. Um, I would I would look at it. It's It'd be interesting to keep an eye on it and see how it goes. Um, but that is kind of all I've got for game. Have you got any I mean, other game news? I, th I think the only thing I'd talk about is not even really game news, but it's touching on that. A game which I was playing a few weeks back called Hold Fast Nations at War, which I touched mm. on a little bit. They're, I'm so surprised with their developers because if you find a bug in game, you can contact them. And I said that they contacted me within five minutes when I last contacted them. Yeah. I'm still getting messages from their announcement board saying, hey, guys, um, we're going to be in game in five minutes. Let's get a line battle going. So the actual developers are then also spending the time to play the game that they're working on as like a community thing. And I understand if you've got a massive company like Bioware, you can't do that. But I love that these guys are constantly improving their game and keep on going. So I guess that's a shout out to the guys of Holdfast because, yeah, that's that's doing it right. You're you're bringing people in. You're also bringing them forward and saying, hey, if you find something, tell us so we can fix it. Because we want to we want this game to be good for you and good for us. You know, it's it's out. For, we, we make this for you so we can make more money. So, you know, help us help you. Yeah, um, for sure. And, I think that's the way to, to interact with you. Mm people isn't it really and they don't hide that it's kind of like there's stuff to fix and there's a beta and they're always adding things which is nice because they'll say like now we've got portable cannons good luck <laughs> it's great. i like that they're kind of pretty casual about it aren't they yeah they are i like that though yeah i think so i think it's an interesting way of doing it and I, maybe they can get away with it because they're a smaller company i don't yep. know but i mean there's there's kind of loads of stuff going on in the background that we know nothing about but that's just how it is this is true Alrighty. 
Movie news. Movie and TV news? Movie Movie news. I don't even know whether I've put any TV in here, so let's just say movie news. Movie news. (laughs) Movie. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, did you see the sequel to Ghostbusters thing? No. Now... When I say sequel to Ghostbusters, you may possibly be thinking of a sequel to the the recent kind of, was it 2016 Ghostbusters film that was like a reboot? The girls reboot. Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. that's probably the easiest way to explain it. Well, in which case you would be wrong because actually it is a sequel to the original two Ghostbusters films. Oh shit! Yes. Oh shit indeed. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It, it's kind of ridiculous. The, the kind of, the blurb is... This is the next chapter in the original franchise. It is not a reboot. What happened in the 80s happened in the 80s, and this is set in the present day. Cool. No Vigar, the, no Vigar, was it Vigo? No, Vigo the Carpathian. Yeah. I it basically, it's, it'd be interesting to see if any of the surviving cast members are actually part of this. It wouldn't surprise me if some of them are, because I think Bill Murray was even in the, the recent one. I bet like Bill Murray a, would reprise his role. I wonder if Dan Aykroyd can get <laughs> can do that anymore. Mm. Now, the only thing we've seen is a, a teaser that's about 50 seconds long, which is kind of shows a barn at night, and there's a long, slow tracking shot into it, and the barn door is open. There's kind of loads of great sound effects, and it's kind of a spooky night setting. And then as you get into the barn this kind of thing on the wall sparks that this cover on a car slightly blows off and you see it's the back end of the Ecto-1 original car. Cool, the Ecto-1. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so fuck knows what's actually going to happen. Sony, is it Sony? I think it's Sony. Um, have kept this very, very quiet. Um, theoretically, Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman, and Ivan Reitman being the original director of the first film, is nice. directing this. Sweet. So fuck knows what this is going to be like, but theoretically, <laughs> it'll be good. Oh, also, it is not the only Ghostbusters project in the works from Sony. Nice, cool. More Again, Ghostbusters, please. What does that actually mean? Yeah. I don't know. Tell me! But we'll see. It's interesting to kind of keep an eye on that because I did watch all the Ghostbusters films recently and. Going back to the old ones from having seen the new one is an entertaining thing, to say the least. It's um, (laughs) clunky and entertaining how they did the special effects. But it was however many years ago, like 20, 30 years ago. I still I still find it creepy. I still find the librarian creepy. (laughs) Yes. Super fucking creepy. I love that as a kid. The did you ever end up seeing Aquaman? I did not. Ah, no. I'm sorry. I've, uh, I've like, I've, I had to get my car serviced last week, and when I got it serviced, I just wasn't feeling great during the weekend, so I just chilled out. I, I still haven't actually surveyed the local cinema world, so I've been really bad with my cinema going recently, and I need to because I've got a card. Yeah, absolutely. You you missed. I don't know whether you've missed it, but you need to see Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Aquaman. I've been thrilled for that really work good. as well. People are saying that's yes. really good. It's fantastic. Like it is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like best Spider-Man film for sure and possibly it was ever so slightly possibly better than like Infinity War was overall 
You know, I am back this weekend. I might be able to watch it Saturday evening if it's still running. I don't even know whether it is. That's the problem. A- anyway, hopefully it is. And if it is, go see it. Have a look because it is fantastic. And if anybody else hasn't seen it and can, do so. <laughs> anyway, back to Aquaman. Uh, James Wan, who is the director of Aquaman, is apparently overseeing work on Aquaman 2. Ooh. Now, the first film did very well at the box office. It was actually the highest grossing DC movie ever, overtaking The Dark Knight. And that did pretty well, but I, you know, compared to everything else, it, the recent ones, it's not had to do that well to kind of beat them. Um, but it's it's interesting to see what happens with this because, again, nothing is confirmed. Mm-hmm. And neither is James Wan confirmed as director, and apparently he can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's up to him. He's, <laughs> he's currently overseeing the writers, but who knows? He can do what he wants. It'll be interesting to see how this goes because I really enjoyed the fuck first one. Fuck knows. Now, let's actually go on to something that you have put in the show notes. Uh, the reason I was quiet was I actually was looking at Crowley Cineworld as well as listening to you. And uh-huh. there is actually one at 10 o'clock on Saturday at well, Cineworld. I'm that's what you were doing. That's what I'm doing. That's kind of nice. But I think that's really cool. Um, it's really wicked. So he's working. He was director of Aquaman 1. He's jumping on the second one. And it's going to be a good one. I hope so, because the first one was just a lot of fun. Like, it, it's not the best film in the world. It's completely bonkers, but it's, and the it's fact, fun. And the fact that it was the highest grossing box office over The Dark Knight is... Right. Nuts! I mean, apparently that's not adjusted for inflation, so who actually knows? It might be close, but still. That's ridiculous. Dark Knight was such a fucking good film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, out. I know the box office results aren't, like, an indication of how good a film it is and cult it's status. how popular it is that's it yep you're right so um, anyway moving on yeah so um, thanks for that um, so Jay and Silent Bob uh, gets a reboot thanks to Sabian Films so director Kevin Smith which is one of my favourite directors I call him a noteur did one of my favourite films of all time called Clerks and um, in Clerks, he plays, I mean, he's the director, but he also plays a character called Silent Bob. And Silent Bob, it basically Clerks is about the story of two guys who are in their sort of mid, like they're in the middle of their lives, kind of don't really know what to do with their life, both working at a convenience store um, in the middle of New Jersey and kind of figuring out life. And it's a real kind of cast of the early 90s about expecting to do stuff, the world telling you that you should do more, but you're not doing more and being stuck and... I don't even know if I'm actually touching on the right subjects for it, but it was so good, especially at me for me when I was in college when I first watched it. It was such a revelation of a film. All black and white. But there are two characters in it called Jay and Silent Bob. Silent Bob is Kevin Smith and Jay is his counterpart. And Silent mm. Bob is quiet and Jay says all the lines, but they get in trouble. So they did a spin-off. And the reason... So Kevin Smith did this spin-off called Jay and Silent Bob Get Old... Uh, sorry, not Get Old, that's the podcast. Jay and Bo- <laughs> Silent Bob Strike Back which the entire point of it was to try and help get Jason Muse, who was the guy who played Jay, off of drugs, um, who was a heavy junkie. So he said, right. if we do this film, um, you're going to get off drugs. And um, unfortunately, he didn't get off drugs. But eventually, he like eventually it got to the point where he got clean. Um, he's now doing really well. Uh, they did the podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, as an intervention podcast, more right. so to kind of like keep him 
accountable for his drug use when he was doing it and to kind of every time every at the end of every show they'd ask him how long he's been clean for and it was really really fantastic that they did that um but they always talk about jay and silent bob get old and how he was still kind of taking during that time and he was stick thin and loads of it he always tells a story during the podcast about that time um but it's a fantastic film to watch regardless of all the backstory to it it's like just a you know, popcorn dick and fart joke sort of film but it's really funny it's even got stiffler in it for a short amount of time <laughs> right not as stiffler but um whatever that guy's yeah. called yeah i'd suggest that you watch ed just because you can imagine it's my sort of humor yeah sorry this, yeah, yeah, this beer sure. is making me really burpy <gasps> yeah i i'm kind of the same from this beer <laughs> i like it but it's making me very the bubbles but um they're getting a reboot so uh he'd had a he'd, he'd done this film called task red state um Oh God! Basically, Kevin Smith has been making like small independent films recently, but Jay and Silent Bob getting a reboot is a big thing. Like to put it to put it in even more terms, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back even had Mark Hamill in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he plays the supervillain Cockknocker. He <laughs> has a gigantic fist, <laughs> and he says, and he um, there's a moment where Jay and Silent Bob are pretty much Blunt Man and Chronic who are superheroes. Uh, right. Yeah, and he says, are you ready for me to bust your balls? And it's so good. Honestly, watch that film. It's really silly, really good like late night, end of night film. It's comedy, it's good fun. But to get back to the actual news, they're they're doing a they're doing a reboot. They're doing I don't know if it's a reboot of the original film or if it's just like the next instalment of Jay mm. and Silent Bob's Adventures, but there always comes a time in the film where Bob needs to say something and it's always like an epic moment whenever Bob says something. He either says one line and it changes kind of what what, what the character's thinking or it'll be like a game ender. So I think of Jersey Girl or I think of even in Clerks, like there's a moment where this guy, he's thinking of breaking up with his current girlfriend who's great to him to go out with this absolute hussy who he liked in school. And uh, Silent Bob goes up to the counter and he goes, dude... There's a lot of girls in the world, but not every girl will bring you lasagna to work. And it kind of reaffirms with this guy <laughs> that what he was doing was wrong. And it's a beautiful kind of poignant moment. And it's, that's the only line he says in the entire film. Um, so, yeah, you can guess that I'm a massive fan of it. So when yeah, I was yeah. linked to this and I didn't even think about it because I've been so out of the loop with the podcast. I haven't listened to the podcast in about half a year. Um, to suddenly have that in my face, I was like, oh, my God, yes, it's, it's, it's actually happening. Um, so yeah, Jay and Silent Bob get a reboot thanks to Sabian Films. So thank you, Sabian Films, for giving us another Jay and Silent Bob uh, film. And Ed, definitely watch it. If any of you guys haven't yeah. watched Clerks or Jay and Silent Bob uh, Strike Back, watch it. it there's you know it's stoner comedy, but it's great fun. <laughs> it's just that don't take it serious. It's even got Will Ferrell in it, by the way, in Jay and Silent Bob. Oh Strike really? Back. Okay. It's a good cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ridiculous. Uh, all right. I guess should we before we move on to our final uh, kind of topic as such, should we look at the beer again? How far how far through it are you? I am more than halfway through it, and yeah. it's I've actually found more character in it now that it's gone a little bit warmer, and I've actually gotten through it a bit more. It's I don't know if it's because I'm just dehydrated, but I find it quite dry in a weird way. That's exactly what I was thinking, I, but I only noticed that as I went through it. So maybe. I mean, I guess that's that's part of beer, I guess. But mm. at the same point, that would be cracking at a barbecue. Yeah, I think that is a perfect barbecue summer beer, and I'm actually looking forward to having one of those when we next have a barbecue. Because I've been looking for specific themed beers, like um, 
you know, what's the perfect winter beer? What's the perfect summer beer? There right. isn't usually a perfect summer beer, but what's like a good one to go for? I find that Hobgoblin's a little bit too bitter. It's too much, isn't it? It's too much. Um, I think this is a really nice, because it's a pale ale, which is classic English kind of go-to, but it it's dry enough that it doesn't interrupt what you'd be eating, but it's also got enough character, enough flavour, and it's crisp. It does feel like you're drinking a, an alcoholic cup of tea in a weird way. Yeah, for sure. I... I... Do you know what that tea thing is? It's kind of got that aftertaste, isn't it? Like that lingering feeling of tea. Mm. Um, very much so. That when we um, when we did the actual tea beer, this is a, a very similar kind of fringe. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I do you know what? I re- I still really like it. Um, mm. I don't know that I'd go full four. I I still would stick with three point five. Yeah, let's do that. I think it's better that. than average, but it's not the best thing in the world. I think it's a good... If I was going to have something at a barbecue, just as a nice chill out, like I'm only going to be there for one beer, um, I'd go with Tribute. Yeah, and I think it's nice because it's not heavy either. But yeah. that's the point of a pale ale, isn't it, really? Yeah, I'm not gas... Well, I'm gassy, oh, but yeah, I'm not like... <laughs> <laughs> but I, it doesn't feel heavy, and that's nice. Yeah, perfect. So uh, it's an Austell's Brewery's Tribute. Cornish Pale Ale is a three and a half from the Slackers. Thank you very much. All right, let's move on to tech news. And now Mm. when we say tech news, it's kind of tech science-y space news. Yeah, we'll call it, maybe we'll just recall it tech and science. Mm. Techie science. Yeah, let's let's do something like that. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll make some bumpers, (laughs) see how it goes. Do you want to jump in to one of your stories that you've put in here? Well, I will leave the space stuff for last um, because we both love space. We Mm. all love space. Uh, I'll jump into one which happened last week or maybe the week before, but I think it was last week. So so Allegorithmic and Adobe merge. What does that mean? So um, for me, I, as a 3D artist, there's this amazing uh, software called Substance. Mm. And Substance Painter is basically a way of designing textures, both for film... I'm I'm sorry, this all sounds like drug names? (laughs) Sorry, it does, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so Substance does sound like drug names, yeah. Um, It's called Substance Painter and Substance Designer. So you bring your 3D model into the package giggity and you can then paint on it so you can get so say you're like you can actually paint on rust you can bake materials onto it okay um, it's basically a really really good and i'm trying to learn it i only started learning it last week um <clears throat> much to my detriment i should know it by now but it's a big piece of software for games developers and film alike and it's used so much so that they that their plugin for substance is used on cinema 4d maya um houdini i believe might have it uh, 3ds max cinema 4d i think most major 3d packages support substance it is that well recognized and loved because once you've made it in substance and you just bring it across as a material boom you've got it you don't have to fart around with any extra I mean, you can fart around with any extra parameters if you want but most of the job is done which is and it's such a user-friendly nice way of using it but anyway Here's the main point with the news is that this company that is so well known for you to be able to just buy the product for its standard license is now merging with Adobe. So the backlash has been huge. You've got some people gone. I've yeah, I've just realized what that means. I didn't realize this thing wasn't already a subscription. Yep, I think I think that's the case. Um, so I think they I think you can do a subscription base, or you can just buy a license for their current version. But the main po- problem is is that that's also going to jump into the Adobe p- uh, prescription 
yeah, subscription. Crazy cloud subscription. Sorry, yeah. you've been saying you've been saying drugs, and now I'm saying prescription. Right. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, it's gonna Adobe and and algorithmic are going to be merging, which means that two things could happen. They're gonna merge, and it means that we will have to pay the extra subscri- um, yeah subscription for substance but it also means that there loads of people are going to be able to learn substance which is going to be exciting however does that mean they're going to hike up the price for the adobe um, subscription thing or is it going to be a side package alongside your already existing subscription See, that's going to be interesting that's going to be interesting because so we i'm quite familiar with the adobe pricing because we have it at work. I've I've had it personally over the years. Um, and I, I know that they have. Yeah, it's fucking really cheap as a student. Um, the the best thing is that at the moment you can just pay. What is it? Fifty quid for the for a month for the entire suite of Adobe entire apps. Lot. Now you could also just pay. I think it's like fifteen quid for just the photography plan, which gives you like Lightroom and Photoshop. Which yeah is great if that's all you want. Like, if you're a photographer, that's all you need. But if they include it in the whole package, there's a lot of people that don't need it. So if they, like, bump up the price because it's included in the whole package and you don't need it, you're going to be pissed. Like, I'd be pissed. I bet. And that's the thing. Like, I use it, but I can't imagine somebody in your thing needing it at all like you wouldn't touch well, it. it what's yeah. the point and so i was wondering how are they gonna deal with it is it just gonna be a part of it or are they gonna actually have is adobe starting to do this thing where they're like well we've got algorithmic what if we get autodesk too or we get yeah. other 3d softwares and we start having this adobe empire which also has a subcategory of 2d and 3d are we yeah. starting to see the start of 3d packages merging with adobe because I mean, it It'll be interesting yeah. if that is the case because Adobe don't have a huge amount in the 3D space. But then that's also what scares me because having done After Effects for the entirety of last year, I'm wondering what that's going to mean. You know, are they going to do something like Substance for After Effects, which sounds ridiculous? I um, mean, what's that even mean? That's not already a thing, then, right? So it's not compatible with After Effects. I don't. Well, I mean, it's the 3D things. Maybe it is. Maybe I don't know. I mean, to be honest, like I literally only started learning it last week, so I, for all intents and purpose, I know near fuck all. Okay. But I do yeah. know enough about the substance and the company. I actually have Quixel, which I think is a sub thing of Algorithmic. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I just found that interesting that company is merging, and so many CGI guys have pissed off about that as much as you might be i th- i think it's just the whole cost and licensing thing really um it'll be interesting to see mm. how it progresses so what about whatsapp <sighs> this is, and i wish it was just <laughs> whatsapp because it's the whatsapp merch. messenger is in facebook messenger instagram messenger all of them are being merged by Facebook because Facebook owns all three of these companies. Obviously, they own Facebook Messenger. Um, it, it's not really clear what this actually means to me. Now, I may have missed some stuff, but it's just... I don't like this at all. The stupid thing is, it actually... It probably already happened anyway because they're all owned by the same company. We just see them as separate things. Now, I never even realised that WhatsApp was owned by Facebook. I didn't know that. Um, but basically, they're all going to use the same background infrastructure, which I guess makes sense as a company. You may as well simplify everything. But theoretically, you'll be able to contact anyone through any of the apps, as in, let's say you've only got WhatsApp, 
but someone you want to talk to has Facebook Messenger, you can talk to them, and I don't understand how that works. Like it, it's it's a bit confusing. Like what? Like do you do you have, you've got Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, right? I have all of them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So I, I don't know. I don't want the the crossover. Personally. I don't want the crossover. I like I like the easiness of Instagram. If I want to just chuck a photo up there, I have. I don't need to share it on Facebook because it's not worthy for Facebook, and I don't want to use Facebook. I use yeah. Messenger. I don't even use Facebook Main. I literally just use Messenger on Facebook to keep in contact with people. I use Instagram for any pictures I want to chuck up, and I use WhatsApp for any family stuff if we want to want to meet up or we talk yeah. about Christmas presents and shit like that. That's all we use it for. We don't need to collide all these bloody things. I mean, that's the thing. I, I hope it does keep them separate. And I mean, I personally almost only use WhatsApp. I don't ever use like text messages or SMS or whatever else. It's pretty much only WhatsApp. Now, there's it's just so much better, to be honest. Now, things will change as um, I can't remember what Google are calling it, but it's like iMessage for Android. So it's kind of data-based rather than cellular-based oh, okay. um, messaging coming to Android and it's not fully rolled out or maybe but effectively it means that your text messages act like a WhatsApp chat ah. anyway but I'm so familiar with WhatsApp I'm unlikely to go back to, to normal texts so I don't know it'd be interesting to see what happens with this because there's been a whole lot of Facebook shit over the last year or so where privacy concerns and all that and i'm just curious so that's that's that one let's move on to some of the space stuff i mean yeah just a, as a final thing i agree i think it's a bit weird i hope they don't merge it screw that yeah so space recently because uh, i haven't touched on it much china moon mission lands chang chang e or change for spacecraft on the far side of the moon so I'm going to quickly open up this link and read it to you. China says it has successfully landed a robotic spacecraft on the far side of the moon, which it has, the first ever such attempt and landing. At 10.26 Beijing time, the uncrewed Chang'e 4 probe touched down in the South Pole Aitken Basin, state media said. It's carrying instruments to analyse the unexplored region's geology, as well to conduct biological experiments, which is why I've got a few things in the show notes, mm. but this is what is so exciting to me. Oh, so yeah. they've landed this there, and there is reason to believe that China is going to eventually send do a manned mission to the moon. This is like their test, right? Yeah. They've also shown a panoramic of the moon from the Chang'e and it's beautiful and they're talking about it it's just oh, it's so awesome they've got a panoramic camera camera a radar to probe beneath the lunar surface an imaging spectrometer to identify minerals and an experiment to examine the interaction of the solar wind with the lunar surface now, and this is oh, gone is is that panoramic image like where, where is that image because i think that's... bbc has a sum of it but i actually found it originally on the reddit space thing i'm not okay. sure where it's gone because i saw it the other day but it was just awesome um it's just cool and this is what also when they said biological things it's like what do they mean by biological things china has also started growing plants on the fucking moon yeah now that's pretty damn cool but it's also got a caveat to it it does What's the caveat? It is on the spacecraft, not on the moon. Exactly. And what did we learn about the moon today? 
It is very fucking hot, but it is also very fucking cold. Yes, and that's the weird thing. So they've they've grown it in these little like trays on the on the craft, I think. I mean, my, my yeah, web's on the lander, now, isn't it? Because yeah. the independent and every website's asking you to agree with their thing and not do ad blocking. It's yeah. now being really shit. So what I will say is that I did see pictures of these little these little trays, these little plant trays, and it did have shrubbery growing out of it. Yeah. So they have technically grown plants on the moon. However, Ed's right in saying that they haven't used the lunar surface soil for it. If it even is soil, it's probably just rock dust. Yeah. And we don't understand. I mean, they said that it's the the surface of the moon is ridiculously hot. Um, if you're on the side which is facing the sun, because there's no atmosphere, which means there's nothing to stop the sun's heat from getting to the planet. Consequently, on the other side. It's just there's no atmosphere, so it won't keep any heat in. So it's ridiculously cold. So who knows what they're going to do in that sense? But I, I think gone. I just always assumed it was cold. Yeah, so did I. I thought they'd get there and like it'd be frosty. Yeah, because there's nothing there. It's a vacuum. I don't know because it's in space. You think space is cold, but apparently it's not necessarily cold. I think it's just all down to the sun. Wherever the sun's pointing, that that rock is going to heat up massively because there's nothing stopping all that heat from getting there. Now that's uh, which, interesting. I had never considered that impact on like a moon base. And that's sick. So I was thinking, well, okay, what about the astronauts? Because they were running around, dragging their right. fingers through it, planting flags. Why didn't the flag go up in flames if it's above boiling point? Yeah. Um, but they, but their insulated boots were fine. Something to do with the flag was fine. Their instrumentation was fine. But their their issue was if they had any water on the spacecraft, as I was hearing from Neil Armstrong, they were worried about what the effects of the moon's heat would do to the water on board. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Or to the fuel or anything that's on the craft. There's so much to think about. How do they know? Well, I mean, they must have been able to find a way of figuring out how hot it was before they even went there. But that, even that and its own scientific ways nuts. Yeah, I, there's so much to unpack from that. But anyway, this whole thing is just pretty damn cool. Yeah, so China lands on the moon with a spacecraft, not manned, but non-manned, which is a good step in their direction to landing a manned mission to the, to the moon, which would be great. They've grown plants on the moon under their, in their actual thing. And this also works with SpaceX, because SpaceX um, managed to send their Dragon capsule up um, for a second time, I believe, to the IS. Um, it's just made splashdown, which yeah. further is amazing and a testament to SpaceX's awesomeness in that they have, again, sent up something they've already used once to use and it's come back down. If they do it a third time, I don't know if that might be the third time they've actually used it, but they've used a capsule to bring something to the IS, yeah. the International Space Station, or ISS, sorry. But I think that's incredible that we're now at this age where we're reusing spacecraft. Um and it's fine and everything's cool and this also goes on to what they were doing where they had an issue where one of the um space rockets fell over that weird 1960s one that, that was yeah i was gonna say like great success with the kind of spacex dragon return but then the the kind of i think it's the their starship the kind of the future manned i think it's the potentially the mars base uh, it's the base basically their kind of demo unit effectively for that it fell over it fell over because of the wind yeah i mean it's kind <laughs> of unfair to say it just <laughs> fell over it was very windy Our but it did off. still fall over <laughs> yeah it did um however it is the idea that uh because that happened you know they also then sent off another one so this comes from the 
28th. So mm. what yesterday? Oh yeah, no, it was yesterday. Yeah, because I found I found that it was eight a.m. yesterday. Twenty huh. eighth of the nineteenth, the first nineteenth. Yeah, so that was yesterday at eight a.m. Right? Okay. So this is as new as it gets, I guess, in that <laughs> sense. So from Wired.com, and I don't know that I can't verify Wired, of course, but here here's what I know. Last Thursday. So this is actually before then, there might, this might already be out. A shiny new SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket sat perched atop NASA's historic Pad 39A at Florida's Kennedy Space Center, waiting to briefly fire its engines. The exercise was part of a routine pre-launch test. What wasn't routine was the presence of a Crew Dragon capsule atop the slick black and white Falcon. The domed capsule, which can accommodate up to seven passengers, represents the next big step in SpaceX's evolution and in NASA's dependency on a commercial space industry. And yeah, space industry. Yeah. So as the rocket's nine Merlin engines, oh fuck off, no thanks, stories from the blah blah. You know when it comes up with a pop-up when you're reading something? Yeah. Leave me alone. Um, as the rocket's nine Merlin engines roared into life for a few seconds, exhaust plumes billowed around the launch pad. The test simulated all of the events of an actual launch, though with the rocket secured to the pad. A static, so I feel like this says to me, because they've even got, you can see they've actually got a, an arm, that little crew access arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just a rocket, there's a crew access arm, which leads me to believe that they are actually revving up for a man, manned mission. Well, it even says slightly further down in the article um, that a, where is it? It's like a static launch is kind of generally takes place a week or so before the, the like a manned mission. Holy shit. But then even Armstrong was saying that thing that whenever they when they were uh, ready for Apollo 11, they were so focused because they thought that sometimes they'd get up there, they'd fire it up and then they'd fire it down. And sometimes they'd be going back for day after day waiting to actually go off. So they weren't sure if that was the actual day they'd be launching. Right. Oh, That's no, here crazy. we go. I literally just went onto the SpaceX Twitter and it said view of the launch complex 398 and the crew dragon from the crew access arm. It's That's actually cool. there. And that's from the January the 25th. It says, oh, yeah. please mind the gap between the arm and the rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so that says to us in space news, space techie crap, SpaceX are ready to, or nearly ready, for a manned space mission. And to me, to know that a non-NASA organization, non-EU, a, a privately owned space company, even though they are working NASA, Lou and NASA, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. is going to finally launch a person into space. This is like the Gagarin of our age, Ed. We're yeah. here to see this, and I think that's fantastic. It's all incredibly exciting. I'm. It gets I, me really pumped. There's there's just so much happening at the moment with with the whole uh, spaceflight uh, progression um, from from all all sides of the world, basically. You know, with China, with uh, even even Russia still. Um, so I used eleven, I think, was the last one that went up where they aborted. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope that doesn't happen again. I mean, that said, it went as well as it could. So I guess. But, An yeah, ultimate uh, fool. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just really looking forward to the next few years of space. I can't wait. Like seeing how excited they were when those rockets landed and when they had the car up in space. That entire video is on itself is just a brilliant. And someone did like a cam footage as they were going along, where they just they didn't even know what was going on, but they just saw the rocket land and they were like what the fuck? And I was like, that is such a great piece of footage because it's like a person of our age seeing something futuristic right in front of their eyes. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Imagine what they incredible. must have felt like. I was showing Ed earlier 
before we end the show, the time it took between Kennedy's speech, the foundation of NASA by Dwight Eisenhower, who, by the way, was the general who helped plan the D-Day landings or was the main architect of the D-Day landings. He founded NASA, um, or at least was one of the founding members. Isn't that incredible? And it took them less than 10 years or so, with two years after the unfortunate Apollo 1 plugs out test, to actually get to the moon. Imagine what we could do. Imagine what imagine what can happen the next three years in space travel if they get a manned person in the space. Imagine SpaceX getting to the moon before China. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be insane? Can yeah. You imagine, that'd be like a new space race. Minus the missiles and nuclear potential. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try not to do let's that. Not again. Have, yeah. Let's not have that. <laughs> All right, then. Let's, let's wrap this munchkin all the way up. Uh, that was a show. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your feedback, so please join our Discord at the link in the show notes. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Twitter at slackers underscore studio. If you're a bit more old-fashioned, send us an email at... theslackersmailbox at gmail.com. And if you enjoy our show, please give us a review over on iTunes, as this really helps us reach new people. And there is probably not many other ways for us to grow the show better than getting iTunes reviews, so it would be amazingly appreciated if you could. Yes, please. All right. And in a three, two, two one. Don't, don't let, let your, your boss, boss catch, catch you slacking. slacking. Until, Until next time, time we've, we've been, been your slackers. We have left off. Guidance is internal on Slackers 11. 11? 22. You could have gone, you could have at least put the show title in there, right? Oh, God, that's a good idea. But wait, there's more. There's more. Here's some messages from other podcasts in the Slackersphere. Hey, Slackers, it is Frasley. Want to hear even more discussion about World of Warcraft and geeky stuff? Head on over to Frazzlecast in your local supermarket podcast app, right next to the lettuce. Each week, I talk with people from Azeroth and beyond. Hey, Slackers. Allie here. Do you enjoy Warcraft Dungeons? Ever wonder what the stories are behind them, but are just too busy slacking to look it up? I've got you covered. Check out Dungeon Fables on Google Play, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Take care and keep on slacking. (laughs) I don't like you, Craig. Leave me alone.